good morning. I want to confess that one of the things that I find when I study, get ready to preach, that often when I dig into God's Word, that I find it's exactly what I need to hear, and I am shown things in my life uh, that need to change. So as I dug into the idea of being thankful, one of the things that I realized is that I kind of looked at gratitude and gratefulness and being thankful almost like this add-on thing that's nice to have, but maybe it's not a super crucial main part of life. Um, one way of, of kind of expressing, I think, what I, what I realized in studying this is that it's almost like, well, I like to go to, out for Mexican, and I like to have the chips and salsa before you get the food. And I don't go for the chips and salsa, but they are really nice. And that's a little bit the way I think that I found myself looking at gratitude. And as I dug into scripture, I found out that, I don't know, how, what is a good way to describe it? It's, it may not be a core issue, but yet it is. It actually is woven in to so many parts of the Christian's life and how we understand God and salvation. When that is correct, it will express itself in gratitude. So I guess it's a little bit like a when gratitude is missing, it's kind of like a great recipe, but it has an ingredient missing. Um, so Danny and Jess brought us great cinnamon rolls before the service. It's kind of like if they would have left out one key thing, and it's like, oh, well, this is a good idea, but it was just missing. And so I realized that I had underestimated um, gratitude. And often, as I thought about it, I just kind of hoped that it would happen naturally in my life. And we should know that that doesn't work just by how we relate to children. Um, think about how often children are giving, given something, and we have to, there's a prompt, now what do you say? And there's this, there's this constant teaching of being grateful and expressing, expressing gratitude. So I want to read a, I want to read a quote um, that I found really convicting and, and then tell you where we're going to go for the morning. So this is from John Bloom. He said, Thanksgiving is not merely a nice Christian character trait. And that's kind of where I would have found myself. So again, Thanksgiving is not merely a nice Christian character trait. It is a sin-conquering force. Gratitude is both a vital indicator of our soul's health and a powerful defender of our soul's happiness, which means we should intentionally cultivate the healthy, happy habit of thanksgiving. So thankfulness is, I hope you caught that, it's both an indicator of, of the health of our souls um, but also a defender of our, our soul's happiness or joy or fulfillment in Christ. Um, so what I want to do today is beyond just reflecting on this because it's a national holiday um, this week, I want to just look at, at the New Testament and what does, what does God's Word tell us about thankfulness. And yeah, I want to just say up front, the Old Testament and Psalms is packed with directive to be thankful. And I'm not really going to cover any of that, but just look at the New Testament and what is there. And one of the things that you, to keep in mind as you listen to these verses is all but two of these passages were written from prison. So when we think about Thanksgiving, let's put it in that context that, you know, we let's imagine that we are, uh, the church this is written to, Paul is writing to us um, from prison. And the commands about thankfulness are often very short, very straightforward. And so what we're going to do is look at, at what the context is and what all thankfulness actually impacts or, or affects. Thank you, Alvin. So we're going to primarily look at Colossians and use a few verses as our outline. 
and then look at some corresponding references to help understand what is being talked about there um, in, in the book. So the first, first prison letter about thankfulness I'm going to read is Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So the directive here is to abound in thanksgiving, and the word, it's, it's just, it's like a super abounding, overflowing abundance of thanksgiving that, that God wants to, to define us. Um, have you ever met somebody who is too thankful and too grateful? Can you overdo it? I mean, hardly. I, I guess you can express it too often, but do you know what I mean? It's just, gratefulness is such a, a great characteristic to have. God wants us to abound in it. And so he's, he's talking about that we are to walk in Christ and we're rooted. It's, it's the idea of a tree that's got deep roots. We're built up. It's the concept of a house being framed. We're established in, the, in Jesus. It's what our, our foundation is. And when that happens, we're thankful. So I want to just re, let's re-look at this almost as a promise, and I think it is. If we walk in Christ, if we let our roots grow deep, if we let him build us up and establish our faith, then thanksgiving will flow out of our heart. So as believers, um, it, thanksgiving is not something that we have to you know, muster up on our own strength. It's actually very rooted in what Christ does in us as we put our roots down um, in him. All right, we've been sitting for just a little bit. I know we just had share time, but I'm going to ask you to get involved here. Um, we have a command to be abounding in thanksgiving. And I'm going to ask you to talk with two to four people right around you. And we're going to take just a, a minute or two and talk about what are some of the things that makes thankfulness and thanksgiving challenging. So we're going to start out with focusing a little bit on the difficulties of Thanksgiving. Um, and maybe it's not difficult for you. Everybody's looking at me. Like <laughs> um, so let's take just a little bit, uh, and it doesn't need to be formal, just find two to four people, talk about what is something that makes Thanksgiving difficult, and then I want to hear from you, and we'll keep going uh, in, in our Bible study here. So. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for being willing to discuss that. Um, I'd, I'd like to give a little bit of chance. Who would give some feedback from something you talked about in your group? Anybody? Don't be shy. Okay. So don't just set aside one day to be thankful. Be thankful all the time. All right. Very good. Bonnie, what are you saying? Okay. So circumstances, I, there are things in life that are just difficult and hard. Um, you said focusing on what we don't have compared to what we do, and then com that's very much tied in with the idea of comparing. Yeah. That we didn't earn it, we don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Anybody else want to share from your group something that you talked about that can make it a challenge? Yeah, expectations are a huge part of this. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's exactly the circumstances that Vani was talking about that are just difficult and unfair. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to be clear in talking about Thanksgiving, it's not that we're ignoring that life is hard. And it's one of the things I appreciate about Scripture that we'll see. Life is hard. We live in a sinful, fallen world where things are not the way they ought to be. And yet, somehow, God wants us to be thankful in it. Anybody else, something that you'd like to share on on the challenges of it? All right, thank you for being uh, being willing to discuss that. Um, Just wanted to spend a little bit of time on that. Now I want to move into into the book of Colossians a bit more and looking at, again, it's not so much defining what thankfulness is as looking at how does it interact with some very key parts of of a Christian's walk with God. I'm not going to read all of this. This is in Colossians 1, and it is a long prayer that is prayed for all believers, but I want to just point out in verse 12, picking up here, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So when we think about being thankful as believers, we are, we're thankful to other people, but we ultimately recognize God as the giver of everything good. So we're giving thanks to God. and just want to note what he's done for us. We're, we're qualified to an inheritance. We're delivered. We're transferred, we have redemption, and we have the forgiveness of sins through Christ. And so this is the foundation of of being thankful. One of the things that I found interesting in studying for this is just looking at a cultural or a a secular definition of gratitude. And and I think it's right on, but it stops short. So the, the definition is this, that it's, number one, it's affirming the good things. And number two, it's recognizing that the good came from outside of yourself. And so um, what I'm saying is as a believer, we just recognize the good and we recognize every good thing comes from the Father. And it also is interesting, there's a huge push for gratitude right now. Um, if you, it's fascinating. You can, you can go online and, and literally, you know, one of the first articles I found was, somebody who had studied 50 different studies about gratitude and come up with a list of 31 benefits for your life if you're grateful. Anything from health to career to relationships. And it actually made me think of your sermon, Wayne, um, about God's commandments are not grievous. They're actually given for our good. And and so as you you dig into gratitude, it, it literally does improve your life in every way, although that isn't the real goal of gratitude. Okay, let's uh, look at Colossians 3. I'm going to read this for context, and this is where where we'll look at a few elements of thankfulness and gratitude. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I want to just focus in on these last three verses, 15 through 17. And again, as I described, thankfulness 
is just interwoven with all of these crucial things about what it means to walk with the Lord. So the first one is letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. So the command is to let or to allow the peace of God to rule in our heart. He wants to do this, and we're we're to allow him to do that. And uh, the word for rule there, it it just is the idea of like a judge or an umpire, that God... God's peace is what should preside over our hearts. And it's not, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but we're called to this. And I find it fascinating that we're called to this in a body, that we're called to experience God's peace in one body, the church collectively. And then there's the phrase, and be thankful. So if I'm going to allow the peace of Christ to rule in my heart, it will result in thankfulness. And the one, one good news that I have for you and for me here is where it says, and be thankful, it does mean just what it says, that we, that should define us. But the word be actually also has the idea of becoming. So I think we probably all want to grow in being thankful. But the word is to become thankful, uh, to, to continue to become thankful. So I just find it fascinating, the connection between the peace of God and thankfulness. And, and how that, that a, a heart that's surrendered to God and living in his peace will be thankful. Um, I want to jump over to Philippians 4, and here's where we'll look at Colossians and then a few associated passages related to the same thing about the peace of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so the the promise is that God's peace is going to guard, stand guard over both our hearts and minds, and it happens through, through what? Praying about everything, and it says with, uh, that should happen with thanksgiving. So again, do you see how thanksgiving is woven into everything, into the peace of God and into, into what it means to pray? Colossians 4 tells us about prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. All right, um, I want to bounce back, or actually just one a, a quote here from Ann Voskamp when thinking about the passage that we just read of, of being thankful and everything. She says, to give thanks is an action, and rejoice is a verb, and these things are not mere pulsing emotions. While I may not always feel joy, God asks me to give thanks in all things because he knows that the feeling of joy begins in the action of thanksgiving. So it's not merely an emotion. It's fine if it is, but it's not merely an emotion, and often giving thanks is what what does produce joy. Okay, let's go back to Colossians 3 and and take the next verse in 16 and and see how thankfulness is woven into another thing. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And we're going to look at the first part of that uh, and then the second part of it. So we're, we're to, again, the word is to let or to allow the word of Christ to dwell in our heart richly. It's basically the idea of God's word finds a good home. And it's there, and it can thrive in our hearts. And thankfulness is the foundation for that, uh, that to happen. And then it goes on to say that God's word and a thankful heart will impact how we relate to others. 
And the result is going to be that we are to teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. Did you ever think about a thankful heart being what allows, one of the things that allows us to speak meaningfully into each other's lives? A thankful heart for God's word um, is, is crucial for this. So I want to, um, again, just look at a corresponding passage in Ephesians and understand this a little bit of what, of when we're, we have a thankful heart that allows God's word to flourish, what kind of words do we share? Ephesians says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So God designs that grace flows um, from you to me and from um, vice versa as believers. Then what he goes on to say of what thankfulness will replace and actually guard against. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. So looking at this list of things that should not be talked about or in a believer's life. And he says, these things are out of place. And the word is, um, for sexual immorality, it's pornea. So it's all, all sexual sin. Impurity is anything that's unholy. We know what covetousness is, wanting things that that are not ours. So these things shouldn't be here, but instead there should be thanksgiving. And so I, as I think about God um, wanting to guard our hearts against sin, thanksgiving is a, a huge part of that. Having a grateful heart for what God has done, for who he is, how he's met our needs, will help guard against, um, against sin. So these things ought not to be there, but instead there should be thanksgiving. Okay, so let's bounce back to Colossians 3, the last part of this. It says we are to sing, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And I'm kind of saying the same thing, but I'm just amazed at how thankfulness is woven into everything that is to happen in a, in a believer's life. Um, so the word, what we're to do here is to sing all different types of songs, and I'm not going to get into the technicalities of what each of these words mean, the fact is I don't think we really know. Um, but there are to be all different types of songs. And it, one of the things that is fascinating to me is that Christians everywhere sing. Christians everywhere in every culture sing. In heaven will be, there will be singing in heaven. So as we respond to what God does in our hearts, we can with thankfulness worship him and it will result in, in singing. So I don't know what all it means, but psalms could mean scripture-based songs. Hymns could be songs with longevity. I was looking through the uh, Mennonite hymnal, and I mean, there's songs that we're singing that are 400 years old. Um, spiritual songs could be new songs uh, that, that are written. And just thinking about the, the variety of music that a Christian's thankful heart produces, you have anything from the Hallelujah Chorus, to Jesus Loves Me, to, well, you can just go on and on and on. You know, one is about as complex and, uh, you know, as it comes, and the other is as simple and kind of a folk song. 
Anyway, when it comes to responding to what Christ has done, I think that God enjoys a whole variety of worshipful expressions of that to him, and the church is called to sing that and to, to put words to it. So we are to, we are to gather and, and to sing, and again, I'm just I'm fascinating that at all time zones, in all cultures, people are gathered right now praying, looking at God's word, and singing. All around the globe, that's what Christians do when they gather to worship. So a thankful heart is what will allow us to have an attitude um, to do that, to gather in this way. Then the last verse is, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I think one of the other things I realized in studying this is that I have tended to focus on doing everything aware of the Lord and for the Lord, but God's direction is just as clear that everything we do should be with an attitude of giving thanks to God um, for what he's done. So I want to just look at a corresponding passage that reads very much the same but strengthens a few things here um, related to this Colossians one. And this, this is actually one long sentence in the original. This is all one idea of what does it mean to walk in wisdom. And I think there's some things here that we can learn about, about being thankful. So I'll read this and, and then talk about it just a little bit. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ." And the contrast here is, is stark. Did anybody else, did you catch this as we were reading? The first half of this sounds very serious. Look, the days are evil. You've got to redeem the time. It's reminding us that we're at war. And then the last half is full of peace. It's sing in your heart, speak to each other with singing. And, and what a contrast there is. And that's one of the things that I love about the Bible is it recognizes the difficulties of life. We're at war. But as believers, we can live in God's peace and, and singing uh, with each other, to each other, to the Lord should define um, the thankfulness that exists in our heart. So he tells us here that we are not to be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? And in, in the context of this verse, I think it, if we think about what just came before, when you're drunk with wine you're under control of alcohol. So I think very simply put, being filled with the Spirit in this context means that we allow God, God's Spirit, to control us. What are the marks of being filled with the Spirit? What are the marks of being filled with the Spirit? And I, I think he goes on and tells us four that maybe we don't often think about. The first thing of being filled with the Spirit is we're going to address one another with God's Word that we are going to sing and worship the Lord in our heart. The third thing is that we are going to give thanks always and for everything to God. And the fourth is that we'll submit to one another. So I just, um, I think that's something to, to think about and, and to maybe return to of, of this is what it means to walk, walk in the Spirit 
and be filled with the Spirit. One of the things that is strengthened here in Colossians that I, I actually have a hard time understanding is the idea that we are to give thanks always. I can understand that, and we need God to allow us to do that. But he goes on to say, and for everything to God the, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I wonder what goes through your mind when you read that instruction. I don't think it means that we glibly just thank God for things that are, are, are bad, but that we should have an attitude somehow of always being thankful to the Lord and trusting that he is working for good, even if we really can't understand it. A verse related to this that I'm guessing you were probably thinking of, the concept is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I've got a couple pictures here of a river in Colombia. And um, children, does this look like a fun place to go wading in the water? Have you ever seen a river that has all of these different colors in it? And there's a lot of other pictures that has, I mean, it, it's even more colorful than this in some places. But they've got this red, purple algae going on. You've got yellow and green. And anyway, it's just a pretty fascinating river. What happens is there's a certain kind of plant that you see here that's red that grows for about six months out of the year. And there's other things going on in the river that give it all this color. But um, the one thing about this plant is that everything has to be just right for it to actually grow. The depth of the water, um, the temperature, there's all of these factors that have to be just exactly right for the algae to grow for a few months out of the year to give it this color. And what, what I find in my life is that I can be a little bit like the algae, that I can be thankful if like this condition is right and that condition is right, you know, then I can be thankful. But, but somehow God is wanting us to actually be thankful all the time to not be like the algae, um, that everything has to be just perfect. I want to um, share another quote that I read from Nancy Lee DeMoss, and I found this interesting. She studied, she set out to study everything that the Bible said about gratitude, and over months she was studying these things. And uh, here was her quote, one of the things that she said at the end of this. She said, I've seen that if I'm not ceaselessly vigilant about rejecting ingratitude, and choosing gratitude, I all too easily get sucked into the undertow of life in a fallen world. I start focusing on what I don't have that I want. My life starts to feel hard, wearisome, and overwhelming. A lack of gratitude manifests itself in fretting, complaining, and resenting, even in the most turbulent waters. Choosing gratitude rescues me from myself and my runaway emotions. It buoys me on the grace of God." So one of the things that I, I guess I want to take away after studying this is the first part here, that to be vigilant with God's help to guard against ingratitude and just to allow Christ to, to be formed in me uh, to, to create a thankful heart. All right, one last passage here that I'd like to, to point out um, as we wrap this up. This is in Hebrews 13, 12 through 15. 
Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So Jesus, um, you know, the pictures of the Old Testament where, uh, where there was a sin offering, they had to go out of the camp to bear the sin. So Jesus went out, and as his followers were called to go out and be willing to bear persecution with him. And one of the things that I, I also think is key for me in, in being thankful is, is verse 14, that here we don't actually have a continuing city, and we're living for heaven. And so we encounter many things in life that don't make sense, that really we're, we don't feel like being thankful for, but we aren't home yet, and we need to keep in mind that we have a city that's coming. And then the verse 15 or says that we are to, to offer a sacrifice of praise continually. And as I've been reading and studying about this, um, and I'm greatly going to simplify, oversimplify things here, but hopefully it's a fair summary. In the Old Testament, they were to bring sacrifices because of their guilt, and then they were also supposed to bring praise sacrifices, essentially two, two different types of sacrifices. In the New Testament, we don't have to do any guilt sacrifices. That is entirely taken by Christ. And so then, therefore, he says in Hebrews that what we are to bring is a continually um, bringing a praise sacrifice, which is the fruit of our lips, thanking his name and just expressing gratitude um, to him. So we are to give thanks to him continually uh, for what he's done and who he is. To wrap this up, uh, I just was thinking about a little bit about ingratitude and what it reveals about a person. But I was also thinking about how God must feel when I'm not grateful. So how does God feel when I'm not grateful? And you're just thinking in my own life that God has redeemed me. Every good thing I have is from him. He promises to meet my needs he promises to always be with me, and yet sometimes my heart is not thankful and anchored on those things. And as I, what I come back to is that thankfulness is really trusting God's care for me at the core. It's trusting God's care, and Satan will try to find any way he can to get me out of that, of trusting his care. Um, Darren, would you close with uh, We Bring the Sacrifice of Praise? I asked Darren to lead us in that. Um, so you can just stand where you're at. I, I'll say a word of prayer, and then Darren, if you would come up and lead that, um, we can, that'll be our closing here. So stand together. Lord, I just want to pause now, and God, I want to thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving each of us. Thank you for redeeming us. Um, Father, I want to ask for your forgiveness where I have um, been lived in ungratefulness and, and really underestimated how important thankfulness and gratefulness is um, in a response to who you are. Um, so, Lord, I, I don't know what people are facing here, but, God, I just pray that you would work in us a thankful and a grateful heart. Um, God, help us know how that relates to walking in your will, how it relates to the, your peace guarding our hearts, 
how it even relates to how we relate to each other and build each other up and, and how thankfulness helps guard against sin. Um, would you just remind us of all these things? And Lord, would you receive our praise? Um, we want to do so in, in honor of you. Thanks that we could get together like this and uh, bless the rest of our day for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.